So continuing on on our history lesson with the nation of Israel, you should have two pages on your sheet there. Um, and if you want to turn to 1 Kings 11, you can. 1 Kings eleven twenty six. So we left off last week talking about Solomon and how Solomon, he was righteous in the beginning, right? He had wisdom. He asked for wisdom from God. God gave it to him. And he was the richest man, right, to ever live, uh, the richest king. Uh, and he had the height of Israel's kingdom, right, and how that's a picture of what it would be like when Christ reigns, right, people coming to Jerusalem to see the king, right, and to get wisdom from him, right, from Christ. It would be to get knowledge, understanding, righteousness, right? And so that is a picture of what it would be like when Christ reigns. But his downfall was he loved many strange women. Right, women that were not Jews, women that worshipped other gods. Right, eventually they led him astray to worship other gods, uh, and he departed from the law of God. Uh, and for that, he was going to be judged. Right, God was going to take the kingdom from him. Uh, so what you have here at the end of chapter eleven is uh, a prophecy to Jeroboam that he will have ten tribes of the kingdom. Uh, and so it says there in verse 26, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, an Ephrathite of Zareda, Solomon's servant, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow woman, even he lifted up his hand against the king. And this was the cause that he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built Milo and repaired the breaches of the city of David, his father. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing the young man, that he was industrious, Industrious, he made him ruler over all the charge of the house of Joseph. And it came to pass at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah the Shilonite found him in the way, and he had clad himself with a new garment. And they two were alone in the field, and Ahijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take thee ten pieces, for thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and will give ten tribes to thee. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen to have all the tribes of Israel. Because that they have forsaken me, and have worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, Milcom, the god of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in my eyes, and to keep my statutes and my, judge, and my judgments, as did David his father. Right, so that's the reason for the kingdom being taken from Solomon, because of him worshipping these false gods. Verse 34, he says, Howbeit, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him prince all the days of his life for David, my servant's sake, whom I chose, because he kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and will give it unto thee, even ten tribes. And unto his son will I give one tribe, that David, my servant, may have a light always before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen me to put my name there. And I will take thee, and thou shalt reign according to all that thy soul desireth, and shalt be king over Israel. And it shall be, if thou wilt hearken unto all that I command thee, and wilt walk in my ways, and do that is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments, as David my servant did, that I will be with thee, and build thee a sure house, as I built for David, and will give Israel unto thee. And I will offer this afflictus, and I will for this afflict the seed of David, but not forever. Solomon sought therefore to kill Jeroboam, and Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt, unto Shikshak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. 
And so Jeroboam right, has this prophecy that he's going to have the ten kingdoms, uh, ten tribes, and will be made king over them. And so for that reason, Solomon hears about it, he wants to kill Jeroboam. Uh, so Jeroboam flees to Egypt. Verse 42, it says, Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam his son reigned in his stead. So Solomon dies, and Rehoboam reigns in his stead. Uh, and so what happens in chapter 12 is uh, the story of how the kingdom gets rent, right? It gets divided. Uh, apparently Solomon was, part of the way he uh, got rich was by taxing Israel. Um, and so what you have here in verse 1, it says, Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel will come to Shechem to make him king. And it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was yet in Egypt, heard of it, for he was fled from the presence of King Solomon, and Jeroboam dwelt in Egypt, that they sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all the congregation of Israel came, and spake unto Rehoboam, saying, Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore make thou the grievous service of thy father, and his heavy yoke, which he put upon us, lighter, and we will serve thee. So they're asking for the yoke, right, to be lighter. Uh, so Rehoboam says, leave, come back in three days, and I'll give you an answer. Well, he consults with his uh, father's uh, counselors, and they tell him he needs to lighten the load. But then he goes and uh, gets counsel from his contemporaries, his friends, and they tell him he should make the yoke even heavier. So Rehoboam uh, listens to his contemporaries, makes the yoke uh, heavier. So when he does this, um, verse 12, it says, Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king had appointed, saying, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people roughly, and forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him, and spake to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, and I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. Wherefore the king hearkened not unto the people, for the cause was from the Lord that he might perform his saying, which the Lord spake by Ahijah the Shilonite unto Jeroboam the son of Nebat. So when all of Israel saw that the king hearkened not unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? Neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse to your tents, O Israel, now seated thine own house, David. So Israel departed unto their tents. But as for the children of Israel, which dwelt in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was over the tribute, and all Israel stoned him with stones, that he died. Therefore King Rehoboam made speed to get him up to his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. And it came to pass, when all Israel heard that Jeroboam was come again, that they sent and called him unto the congregation, and made him king over all Israel. That was, there was none that followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. Uh, so what you see here is... Uh, Rehoboam sends out his man to gather the taxes, the tribute, the children of Israel stone him, and they say, you're not going to make our yoke heavier. Uh, and they rebel against Rehoboam, and they go and make Jeroboam king over Israel, which is the northern ten tribes. Uh, so what we have so far, and if you look at your, uh, your sheet on the back, it gives you the kings throughout the history of uh, the nation of Israel. Uh, you only had three kings, or I guess four, that reigned over Israel. Uh, that was Saul, and then you had Ishbosheth there for a little while. Uh, but you had Saul, David, and Solomon, right, were the main three that reigned over 
the nation of Israel when they were uh, a united kingdom. Okay? So after Solomon dies, and because of Solomon's sin, God is going to take the kingdom from David, or from Solomon, except for two tribes, because of the promise that he had made to David. Um, and so what happens here in chapters 11 and 12 is the kingdom is split. You have the northern tribes, which are ten, and then the two southern tribes of Judah. And so this is important to remember because when you start to read after this fact and in the prophets, you'll read about Israel and Judah, right? which is what it's talking about, Israel and Judah. Okay, uh, So this becomes Israel, and this becomes Judah, which is where Jerusalem is at. And then you have a split of the kingdom. And so you have uh, the ten tribes. The ten north tribes. Up here. Which followed Jeroboam or made him king. And you have the two southern tribes. That stayed in Judah. And it was Judah and Benjamin. And they followed Rehoboam and David's line. Uh, so this is an important event that you need to, you should be very familiar with in your Bible, because again, when you read prophecy and the prophets, uh, they refer to Israel and Judah. Um, and so it's important to know these events. Um, so I want to deal with, in this lesson, the prophets and how they kind of fit in the context of uh, the rest of the book of 1 Kings and 2 Kings, because the book of 1 Kings and 2 Kings is going to cover these kings that you have on your second sheet. Uh, and so it gives you uh, what the kings did, um, whether or not they did evil or did righteous. Uh, the northern kingdom, the kings of Israel, all of them did evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, the kings of the south, most of them did evil, and then you had about, I guess, five or six that did right. Uh, some did evil in their youth, and then right in old age or right in the youth, and evil in the old age, rather. Uh, so you have that list to look at that. Um, but in order to know where the prophets fit into this, a lot of them, it tells you in the first verse of the book of the prophets. So that's what we'll be looking at. Uh, we all know Jonah, Jonah 1.1. From what I can tell, Jonah was probably your first prophet in terms of the books of the prophets. Now the word of the Lord came into Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, So you have here Jonah, who is the son of Amittai. He is mentioned in 2 Kings 14, verse 23 through 25. Verse 22, it says, Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all that their fathers had done. For they also built them high places and images and groves on every tree. Make sure I'm in the right place here. 
Eritrea, and they were also sodomites in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations, which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass in the fifth year of King. I'm in First Kings. That's why it's not looking right. Second Kings. 14, 23 through 25. Sorry. It says, In the fifteenth year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria, and reigned forty and one years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. He restored the coast of Israel from the entering of Hamath unto the sea of the plain, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spoke by the hand of his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, which was of Gath Hefer. So you see there Jonah, the son of Amittai, is mentioned here in 2 Kings 14. Uh, and it, what we have here is uh, uh, in the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. So if you're looking at your sheet, there was two Joash. One was a king of Judah, and one was a king of Israel, which makes it confusing. Um, but the son of Joash was Jeroboam II. There's also two Jeroboams. So the one that we read about in 1 Kings 14, there's another one here in 2 Kings. Uh, and so what you have here is the son of Joash, Jeroboam II, is the one here that it's referring to, who restored the coast of Israel from the entering in of Hamath unto the Sea of the Plain, but it's according to the word of the Lord, which was spoken by Jonah the prophet. So that means Jonah had already spoken this word before 2 Kings 14, right? Uh, which, from what I can tell, Jonah is the first prophet. Um, doesn't mean what happened in the book of Jonah happened before the other prophets, right? But he, as far as age, would have been probably the first. Uh, because everyone else spoke in the days of kings after this, okay? That's how you come to that conclusion. Um, so Jonah happened in the days of Jeroboam II, or Joash, his father, right? Because he had spoken that word when Jeroboam II came on the scene. Uh, so again, this gives you a timeline of when these prophets are speaking. Because a lot of times you read through the prophets and you're just like, oh, this is all future, right? It's all future prophecies that will be fulfilled one day, when it's not. Sometimes it's prophecies that were happening in that day, right? So you can go back to First Kings, Second Kings, and read about the kings that are mentioned in some of these books. Uh, to see what happened. Uh, you'll find some of the same stories in 2 Kings that you'll find in some of the prophets. Uh, so again, it gives you the context of what they're writing about. But you have Jonah, who is here uh, in 2 Kings 14. Then you have Isaiah, Micah, Hosea, and Amos, who were all contemporaries. Uh, so not that they all prophesied at exactly the same time, but they did overlap. Um, and so you get this, again, from reading the first verse of each book. If you look at Isaiah 1.1, 1, 1. Uh, it says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amaz, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So Isaiah's prophecy, the vision, the book of Isaiah, <coughs> is about events or happened in the time of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. So you see there the first or the, the third green on your left, Isaiah, right? That's when Isaiah starts his prophecy. And he prophesies through Isaiah, through Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, right? And again, you read about these kings in the book of Isaiah, uh, Isaiah and some of the events that happened during their kingdom. 
uh, Micah 1.1 says, The word of the Lord that came to Micah, the Merashtite, in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Uh, so Samaria becomes the uh, capital of the northern tribes, which we'll look at later. Uh, and Jerusalem was the capital of the southern. Uh, so this prophecy is about both Samaria and Jerusalem, right? The two kingdoms, the two, uh, the north and the south of Israel, which is important because uh, we'll see here in a little bit. Both the southern and northern tribes come into captivity, but it happens at different times, which you can see on your list of the kings, right? One cuts off before the other. So Micah, we know, prophesied before either one was taken into captivity. Uh, and because he prophesied in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, same as Isaiah, right? Isaiah was a little bit before because he also prophesied in the day of Uzziah. Uh, but you can see they overlap in their contemporaries. Uh, Hosea... And Amos also prophesied during this time. It says, The word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. So that's Jeroboam the second there. Uh, this is when Hosea <coughs> prophesied, right, during these kings' days, which is the same as Isaiah. Uh, and I guess the difference between Isaiah and Hosea is Hosea went both to the southern and the northern, right, because he says he also prophesied in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, right, king of Israel, whereas Isaiah only was for the kings of Judah. And then you have Amos. It says, the words of Amos, who is among the herdmen of Tekoia, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Isaiah, king of Judah, in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. So there's a big earthquake apparently during this time. Uh, you see Amos during the years of Isaiah, right, which Hosea and Isaiah prophesied. Uh, so all these prophets, prophets are near the same time, right, and they kind of overlap each other. Uh, so what you have here is a time where both kingdoms are going, and then you have Jonah, Isaiah, uh, Hosea, Amos, and the other one was Micah. during this time uh, when you had both kingdoms. And so what you need to keep in mind is this is before captivity is coming. And so a lot of these prophets are warnings to the kingdoms saying you better get right, right? Because if you don't, judgment's coming, right? Uh, an example I heard was it's like two kids that were told to go to sleep upstairs and 
they're both up there playing. The dad comes and says, hey, you better quiet up and go to sleep or I'm going to come up there and spank you, right? Uh, it's a warning, right? You better do right or you're going to get punishment. Um, so all these prophets are during this time, right, before the time of the captivity. Uh, so in the book of 2 Kings, uh, we know Jonah was before 2 Kings 14, 23 through 25, uh, but the years of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, when the rest of these prophesied, would be between 2 Kings 15 and 2 Kings 20. Uh, and again, you just know this by reading the passages, cross-referencings, of when these kings begin to reign. Uh, verse 1 of chapter 15, it says, In the twenty and seventh year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, began Azariah, son of Amaziah, king of Judah, to reign. So Azariah is Uzziah. Okay, and you know this by cross-referencing the Second Chronicles. Uh, they're the same one. Also, if you look on your list, Amaziah, the person that came after him is Uzziah. All right, so... Isaiah, uh, Azariah is the same person. Uh, it says, 16 years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned two and 50 years uh, in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. All right, so this is when Isaiah begins to reign. Uh, so this is when Isaiah, Amos, Hosea, all of them would have begun to prophesy. And if you look at 2 Kings 20, 21, uh, it says, Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh, his son, reigned in his stead. Right? So they prophesied from Isaiah to Hezekiah. Right? So it would have been through the books of 2 Kings 15 through 20. Uh, so again, important to know, helpful to know, because you can read what was happening in the kingdom during the time when these prophets were prophesying. Right? So when you're reading their books, you can kind of have that context. Um, so those are all the prophets before the kingdom split. Uh, so here you have nine kings, or nine, sorry, nine lines, which is interesting. Uh, we can talk about this a little more. Uh, but none of these kings come from the line of David, right? And also, there wasn't a steady line from Jeroboam on. Uh, it would be like Jeroboam, who was a servant, we saw, he was a servant of Solomon, who becomes king. When he dies, someone else takes over because it's like they overtook his kingdom. Right? It wasn't like he died, his son took over, he died, his son took over. That happened some. But like his died, his son took over, and then a servant or somebody else took over from that line. Uh, so you get nine different lines that reign uh, on the northern tribes. Um, and so those are the prophets before both taken into captivity. If you look at 2 Kings 18, it says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. So it's giving you the um, timeline there of who's on each throne, right? You have Hoshea, who's on the throne. Uh, when Hezekiah begins to reign, right? And it's in Hosea's uh, third year reigning here in verse 1. Uh, but it says, 25 years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abai, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father did. All right, so you see there, Hezekiah did right 
in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, he removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days uh, the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called Nehushtan, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. For he clave to the Lord, and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria, and served him not. Uh, he smote the Philistines, even unto Gaza, and the borders thereof, from town of watchmen uh, to the fenced cities. And it came to pass in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. So again, Samaria is the capital of the ten tribes. So that's where that's at. And that's where he's coming to besiege. Uh, and at the end of three years, they took it. It's a three-year battle. Uh, even the sixth year of Hezekiah, that is the ninth year of Hoshea, king of Israel, Samaria was taken. Uh, so this is the Assyrian captivity of the ten northern tribes. Yeah. Assyria. And they come down and they take captive the ten northern tribes. Uh, and so that's why the king stopped there on the right there. That's when the Assyrian captivity took place. Uh, but Judah continues on with kings. Uh, for a little while longer. And so now you have uh, Habakkuk. You want to turn there. Habakkuk 1, 5 through 6. There is no date given or no king mentioned, but you do kind of have a hint of when this was probably written in verses 5 through 6. Verse 1, it's the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry unto thee, wilt thou not hear, even cry unto thee of violence? And wilt thou not save? Uh, so that's his question to the Lord. Uh, and the Lord responds, and he says in verse 5, Behold, yea, among the heathens, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though it be told you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. So you see here, I will raise up the Chaldeans. Uh, the Chaldeans are with the Babylonians. Okay. Uh, and you know this by looking at 2 Kings 24. Verse 1 through 2. It says, In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylonian, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant three years when he turned and rebelled against him. Uh, and the Lord sent against him bands of the Chaldees, and bands of the Syrians, and bands of the Moabites, and bands of the children of Ammon, and sent them against Judah to destroy it according to the word of the Lord, which we spake by his servants, the prophets. Right, so you see here the bands of the Chaldees come up against Judah here in Jehoiakim's day. Uh, so Habakkuk, it says, in your day, there in verse, uh, verse 5, I will work a work in your days, in responding to Habakkuk, um, that the Chaldees come up, it would have been 2 Kings 24, right, that timeline. So that's how we get the timeline of Habakkuk. 
Um, Zephaniah, from Zephaniah 1.1, says that he prophesied in the days of Josiah, uh, the word of the Lord which came unto Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hizkiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. All right, so if you're looking on your list, Josiah uh, is one that did right, the last one that did right, right, the son of Ammon. Uh, so that would have been when Zephaniah was prophesying. Uh, and then Jeremiah prophesied in the days of Josiah, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah. So if you look at Jeremiah 1.1, The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So he prophesied from Josiah all the way until they were taken captive, right, in Zedekiah's reign, uh, which you can read about in Second uh, Kings. You want to look at Second Kings 21, 24 through 25. It says the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his stead. Uh, so this is when Jeremiah would have begun to prophesy. Right, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, verse uh, one of twenty-two, and he reigned thirty and one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adiah of Boscai. Uh, so it says the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in the days of Josiah, in the 13th year of his reign. All right, so 13 years after 2 Kings 22, verse 1, is when Jeremiah would have begun. Uh, so he would have prophesied through those last few chapters of the book of 2 Kings, right, until they're taken captive. Uh, so here you have oh, Jeremiah. here is the Babylonians come and take the southern tribes captive. Uh, and so similar to these books, these books are warnings to Judah, right? Warning them of captivity that will come. Uh, just like it happened to the northern tribes, it's going to happen to the southern tribes if they don't repent, right? Um, so another example was with the two kids upstairs, the father goes up and spanks one of them, and he goes back downstairs, still hears the other one talking or playing, so he says, hey, you just saw what I did to your brother, your sibling, I'm going to come do it to you too if you don't shape it up, right, because now there's an example for those in Judah. 
Um, Lamentations was also written by Jeremiah. Uh, there is no date given when that was written, but we know it was written by Jeremiah. Uh, so that would have been during that same time frame. Right? And the Book of Lamentations is a prophecy about the destruction of Jerusalem. Right? And he's lamenting over what will happen to Jerusalem. Uh, the prophets during captivity would be Daniel. Um, if you look at the book of Daniel. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. All right, so we know it happened after that fact, uh, and this is referring back to 2 Kings 24.1, which we just read, where Nebuchadnezzar, in the third year Jehoiakim, sent the bands of the Chaldees and those different bands to destroy Jerusalem. Right, and that's when David and them would have been taken captive. Right, so it's from that time on would have been when Daniel was written. So it's after the captivity of Judah. Ezekiel, it says, is in the fifth year of captivity of Jehoiakim. So Ezekiel 1.1. 1, 1. It says, Now it came to pass in the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Shabar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. Uh, so that would have been 2 Kings 25, 27. Or before 2 Kings 25, 27. It says, It came to pass in the seven and thirtieth year of the captivity of Jehoiakim. So Jehoiakim was in captivity seven and thirty years. Uh, and as you read these last few chapters, Jehoiakim is who is taken captivity by Babylon. He disobeys the king, and so the king makes Jehoiakim king in his place. He disobeys the king of Babylonia, uh, so he makes Zedekiah king. Zedekiah disobeys the king of Babylon, so he kills him. And then here at the end, a new king of Babylon is raised up. And he actually ends up freeing Jehoiakim and making him king again. Uh, so some interesting events there, but they're still under Babylonian captivity, right, and reign. Um, and so uh, Ezekiel would have been during that time of captivity of the Babylonians, even though there was still a king in Judah sitting on the throne, they were still under the Babylonian uh, rule. Uh, so that's when Ezekiel would have been written. Haggai and Zechariah would have been written during the reign of King Darius of Babylon. Uh, and they were written during the time of Ezra and Nehemiah rebuilding the temple. Uh, so if you look at Haggai and Zechariah 1, it says, In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, uh, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. And it goes on to talk about the building of the temple there in Haggai. 
But you see it's during the, the time of Darius being king. Same for Zechariah. In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Kiddo, the prophet, saying. Uh, so you see there, it's during the reign of Darius. If you look at Ezra 6, verse 14 through 15, it gives reference to Haggai and Zechariah. So that helps to pin down when it was written in the context. Ezra 6, 14 and 15, it says, The elders of the Jews built it, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo. And they built it and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, kings of Persia. And this house was finished on the third day of the month, Adar, which was in the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king. Right, so it was finished in the six years. You saw where Zechariah and Haggai were before Darius's second year. I think Zechariah said the eighth month of the second year. Uh, and Haggai was before that. All right, so you see they prospered, it said, by the prophesying of the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, right? And by the commandment of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes. Um, and so that would put Daniel... very soon in the Babylonian captivity and then Haggai and Zechariah would have been prophesying of the time of the temple being built right in Ezra and Nehemiah's day. And then the last one there is Malachi which would have been after the temple was rebuilt. Um, Malachi is not necessarily a, a man in the Bible. The word means my messenger. And so if you look at the first verse, all we know about Malachi is that he was a messenger of God. It says, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi, right, or by my messenger. Uh, but you see in verse 7, it says, ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and ye say, wherein have we polluted thee, in that ye say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? So you see there, the altar is there. They're sacrificing, right? Which means it would have had it been after the temple was rebuilt. You also see that offer it now unto thy governor, Right? because they were still under the Babylonian or Persian reign, right? So he's saying, offer it to your governor, right? Will he accept it? Uh, and so there's uh, corruption there in the temple. Uh, you look at verse, chapter 3, verse 3 through 4. Uh, it says, As he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old, and as in former years. So you see, this is, God's going to purify the temple, right? And it will be as in the former years, right? The older days. So that tells you it's after all this, right? Uh, and it's going to be back to how it used to be in the former days. 
then you look at verse 10, it says, Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And pray me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. All right, so you see they have the storehouses, they're doing the tithes, so they're back in their land with the temple. Uh, so Malachi would have been after all of these. So there's three there that you don't have. That's Joel, Obadiah, and Nahum. Uh, the reason they're not up here is because there is no date uh, given for these, or it doesn't say what king they would have prophesied during. Um, it is interesting, Nahum deals with Nineveh, which Jonah also deals with. So if Jonah was the first, Nahum probably came after him, uh, and most put it during this time uh, when there was two tribes. So that's when most people say Nahum was written. Obadiah, there are some differing views. Obadiah deals with Edom. Some say it would have been when they came in the land. It could have been way back here. Uh, some people put it during this time. Some people put it during that time. Uh, so again, no date given. Uh, so that's why it's not up here. Uh, but Obadiah, he deals with Edom. Um, and then Joel, there's no date given. And Joel looks ahead to judgment. Right, that's what the book of Joel is about, when the Lord comes back, right? Um, so there's no date given there, so that's why it's not up here. Uh, but this hopefully gives you an idea of how the Bible and the Old Testament fits together for the nation of Israel. Right? It can kind of give you an idea of when the prophet wrote, what king he wrote during. Uh, you can go back and read about that king in 2 Kings. Um, so it can kind of give you some context of what you're reading there. Uh, it's important to note that there are more prophets than just the books of your Bible. Um, think about Elijah, Elisha, right? These were prophets in the Bible that you read about in the book of Kings, but there's no book about them, right? Uh, so you have more prophets than just what we have, right? Um, the prophet Nathan during the life of David, right? You have prophets throughout this time. Uh, so there are more prophets than just the books of your Bible, uh, but it's important to know these events, such as the kingdom being divided and Israel scattered, uh, because there are prophecies about the kingdom being reunited. Uh, so you look at Ezekiel 37. So there again, we put Ezekiel back here because it's after the kingdoms are split. Uh, Ezekiel 37, verse 16 through 24. says, Moreover, thou, son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it, for Judah and for the children of Israel his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it, for Joseph the stick of Ephraim and for all the house of Israel his companions. So a stick for Judah and a stick for Israel. And join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. And the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, Wilt thou not show us what thou meanest by these? saying to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel his fellows, and will put them with him, even with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they shall be one in mine hand. And the sticks whereon thou writest shall be in thine hand before their eyes, and saying to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land. 
And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of the Israel, and one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all, and neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them, so shall they be my people, and I will be my God, and David, my servant, shall be king over them. And they all shall have one shepherd, and they shall also walk in my judgments, and observe my statutes, and do them. Uh, so you see, this is a prophecy of the kingdom being reunited with the king of David, sitting on the throne, which we know is fulfilled in Christ. Right? So that's what it says, the king of Israel, or the nation of Israel and Judah, coming back together. So it's a prophecy of this split coming back together to what it once was. Right? Uh, this is why we say prophecy has not yet been fully fulfilled. Right? Some people teach that all the prophecies have happened already. Well, that's not the case because there's no one king reigning over one nation of Israel right now. Right? Uh, it hasn't been since Solomon because they were in captivity with the Persians and the Babylonians and the Romans. Right? Um, and then Judah was destroyed again, or Jerusalem was destroyed again in AD 70. Uh, so that prophecy has not yet come to pass. Um, Jeremiah 33, verse 6 through 9. It says, Behold, I will bring in health and cure, and I will cure them, and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and build them as at the first. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity whereby they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities whereby they have sinned and whereby they have transgressed against me. And it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all the nations of the earth which shall hear all the good that I do unto them. And they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and for all the prosperity that I procure unto it. Right, so there again he will bring them together there will be prosperity, right, and good in the land. Uh, so that's another prophecy of God bringing them back together. Uh, in John 10, 16, Jesus speaks about bringing them back together. And this is why I say it's important to know this, because the New Testament... Uh, especially Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it refers back to things, events that have happened in the Old Testament. And if you don't know that, you're going to confuse what it's talking about, which is what many people do. Uh, John 10, 16, it says, And other sheep have I, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So what is that talking about? Well, if you go back to Ezekiel, it talks about two sticks becoming one and them having one king and one shepherd. That's what Ezekiel says. So what do you think Jesus is talking about? He's talking about having one nation being one kingdom and having one shepherd, one king, right, himself. Uh, so that's what he's referring to there. When he says, I have sheep that are not of this fold, he's talking about bringing back all of Israel into one. Uh, look at John 11, verse 52.
says, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. All right, so you see there, him gathering together the children of God that were scattered abroad. Who's that talking about? This is referred to as the scattering of Israel, right, when they were taken into captivity, right? He's going to bring them back into one. All right, so you have prophecies or things spoken of in the New Testament referring back to events that have happened. Right, I've heard a lot of people talk about sheep that are not of this fold. He's talking about Gentiles, right, in the body of Christ. That's how people teach that. Right, when you understand events that have happened and what Jesus is talking about, knowing that Jesus did not reveal the mystery during his earthly ministry and that he came to fulfill prophecy, right, he's talking about things that have happened in the past and things that will happen when he sits on the throne and gathers the nation back together. Right? Uh, so it's important to know uh, these things. Uh, that's why he chose 12 apostles. He didn't choose 10. He didn't choose 2. Because he's going to bring them back together into 1. Right? He chose 12 apostles from the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, Hebrews 8.8 8. So This isn't your Old Testament. This is your New Testament. Finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Right? The new covenant is with both. Right? It's not with one, it's with both the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Uh, James 1 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Right? James writes to the 12 tribes, not to the 10 or the 2, but to the 12. Uh, so again, it's important to know some of these things. Uh, another important note, which we read uh, or have referred to, is that Samaria became the capital of the northern tribes. So if you look at 1 Kings 16, First Kings sixteen twenty nine it says in the thirty and eighth year of Asa king of Judah began Ahab the son of Omri to reign over Israel and Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty and two years. Right, that's where the kings of Israel reigned. They reigned in Samaria. We saw when the Assyrians came against Samaria to take it captive because that was the capital. Uh, this is important because the Bible in the New Testament talks about Samaritans. Uh, you do not see the word Samaritans until 2 Kings 17.29. I'm um, sorry, 2 Kings 18.29, I believe. No. I'm going to 1 Kings again. Yeah. 2 Kings 17.29. Uh, it says, Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel and taught them how they should fear the Lord. Albeit, every nation made gods of their own and put them in the houses of the high places which the Samaritans had made, every nation in their cities wherein they dwelt. So you have here other people that weren't Jews right, dwelling in the land 
uh, and this is the first reference you see to Samaritans, because a Samaritan is a Jew and a Gentile mix. Right, it's a Jew and a Gentile marriage who had a kid. Right, that's a Samaritan, uh, half-breed Jew, Gentile. Um, Jesus goes to the Samaritan woman. Right, these people would have been included in the nation of Israel if they right, worshipped God and kept the law. Uh, and that's why the Jews hated the Samaritan. Right, they looked down on them because they weren't full-blooded Jews. Um, so that's where Samaritans come from. Uh, exile was judgment because Israel did not keep the law. Uh, for sake of time, you can go read it yourself, but Leviticus 26, in the law, God says what will happen if you disobey my law, right? And how he will forsake you and take you out of the land, right? And judge you. Uh, so that's what happens to um, the children of Israel. Uh, Israel was once not a people. Uh, so this is another one. In Hosea 1, 9 through 10, I think we've covered this before, but fresh your memory. Uh, it says, Then said God, Call his name, Lo am I, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Right? So again, this is before they're judged. He's going to tell them, You're not my people. Right? That's when they're judged. Right? But it will come again when he will say, You are my people. Right? When he brings them back into the land. Uh, again, this is important to know because 2 Peter 2, verse 10, Peter is talking to people who were once not his people but are now the people. First Peter 2, 10. Uh, verse 9, it says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now hath obtained mercy. Right? Peter is talking to Jews. Right? He's talking to strangers scattered in the Gentile country. Right? He's talking to people who were once not a people, but are now a people. Again, I've heard this taught as uh, the people that weren't not a people, that's Gentiles. Right? They were once not a people of God, but now we're the people of God, right? Gentiles. But if you know Hosea 1.9, it's talking about Israel. Right? And that's what Peter is addressing. Right? You were once forsaken of God, but now you're accepted. Right? He's going to bring you back and give you the new covenant. Uh, chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people, those are all references to Israel. Uh, so again, it's important to know these events and things that happen in uh, your Bible. Uh, the last observation is Judah, which was the south two tribes, are all of one lineage. So again, on your paper there, it has a relation to the previous king. So Jeroboam was a servant. He had no relation to Solomon. Nadab was his son. Baasha had no relation to Nadab. Uh, Elah was his son. Then you had Zimri, who was a captain. Then you had Omri, who was a captain. Then you have Ahah, who was his son. Then Ahaziah, which was his son. Then you have Jehoram, who was the son of Ahab. Uh, then you have Jehu, who's a captain, right? So you see there's no relation happening here, right? You have some where there's sons, but then it's a, a new person comes on the scene who's no relation to the previous king. 
Whereas the kings of Judah, it's all son, 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 son. You have the one, Athaliah, the mother, who reigned a little bit. Uh, but then Haziah's son, right, starts to reign, Joash. Son, 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 son. Right, it's all of the line of David. Uh, and this goes back to God's promise to David, right, which we covered a few weeks ago in 2 Samuel 7, 15 through 16, when David wanted to build the temple, and God says, you're not going to build the temple, your son will build the temple, but I will give you a promise that your son will reign on the throne forever. Right? And so this is why when he, this kingdom is split and he gives it to Jeroboam, he gives Jeroboam the tenth tribes, but leaves Judah and Jerusalem with the lineage of David. Uh, this also would have to do with the destruction of David's line not happening because Christ would come through David's seed. Right? Um, so he has to do with keeping the genealogy there for Jesus Christ to come through the seed of David. Right? But so far it's held true because there's been no king on the throne of Israel since the last one, which was Zedekiah, who was of the lineage of David. Right? The next one will be Jesus, who is of the lineage of David. So you see how that will be uh, fulfilled there. Uh, so just some interesting things there. With that said, any thoughts or questions?